we just find within the modern conversations like just a, a lack of uh, dialogue between the use of money and the virtues. Mm-hmm. It's, it's usually put in terms of check boxes on the mm-hmm. one hand or government systems or lack thereof uh, on the other. And we don't think that there can ever be a good society without good people. It's not just getting better systems yeah. uh, at play. It's actually getting better people. And then we have a shot. Hello and welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, here at the Coming Home Network International, sharing with you another conversation about this daily task we have of growing deeper in imitation of and relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks again for being with me here and sharing this conversation. You know, as I have noted before, the Coming Home Network International is a network of people like you, people who are on this journey, somewhere along this journey. You know, we're a network of converts to Catholicism, people whose relationship with Christ, that that journey has led us to a place of, of embracing the church. Wherever you are on that journey, whether you're Catholic or a new Catholic, or whether you're thoroughly not Catholic, but maybe asking some questions, or maybe you're thinking about becoming Catholic, this network is for you. And this task that we're talking about here on this show, of course, is one that we all share. Every day, we've got to get up and, and walk in faith, walk in, in faith, hope, and love of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what this show is about. So this week, we're continuing a conversation with Jacob Imam. Uh, He was on the show uh, last week. He was in town uh, giving a talk here in Perrysburg, Ohio. Um, And we grabbed him beforehand, and he and I uh, started a conversation about the virtues. He gave us some good good refresher course on what the virtues are and why they're so so important to the Christian life, what the difference that they make. Uh, We continued that conversation, uh, and we applied the virtues we just very, very briefly, very surface level, apply the virtues to money, which uh, if you visit newpolity.com, which is where Jacob is the editor, um, they have been doing some wonderful uh, work over there, articles and a podcast about uh, Christians and their relationship to money and to politics and government. It's really good, reflective, uh, powerful, challenging stuff. But we just got a little uh, a little overview here, a little, a little toe in the water about the Christian's relationship with money. Uh, and with regards to the virtues. And so I hope you enjoy that conversation. I certainly did. Let's dive in. In relation to money, again, um, we tend to, as with everything else, we tend to, to look for a, a system or something out there to, to fix it. But but approaching it in terms of virtue, mm-hmm. that, no, I can become a different kind of person who relates to this aspect of life in a better way, in a way that glorifies God, in a way that transforms me in cooperation with Christ's grace. Yep. Um, what are some of the ways that it does yeah. That? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how do how do we do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh the first virtue to start off with I think is liberality. Mm-hmm. Um now there's there's a way I think of, of framing this uh, conversation by saying we have to realize that money itself is just worthless. Mm. And I'm talking about modern money. This stuff yeah. that we're dealing with day to day. Fiat currency is, is some nerds like to call it. Um it's absolutely worthless. Oh, yeah. Like you never want it in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our our culture at large is for the accumulation of of this because once we have it, then supposedly our anxieties will then disappear. Right. You know that that will go away. 
But what is what are those dollars and bills for? Because they're not good enough themselves. They're 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 placeholders for something else. No, the virtue of liberality is the virtue that specifies that that enables somebody to know how to use their money really well. Mm-hmm. That means that they know what their their money is for. That means that if money is a placeholder, they know what money is holding a place for. Yeah. What are the vices that oppose liberality? I think this always helps yeah. uh, illuminate the, the virtue. The contrast, yeah. mm-hmm. Those are greed, or or what the uh, what you might also hear is covetousness or avarice. Mm-hmm. Um, greed and prodigality. So the greedy person accumulates to no end, ad infinitum, mm. infinitely. Mm-hmm. You you already see that there's some sort of rivalry between the infinite God and the greedy person's or mentality towards money. Mm-hmm. There's a God and mammon distinction here. Mm-hmm. For the prodigal, he likewise does not know what money is for, but instead of accumulating endlessly, he spends with wherever his whim leads him. Right. Uh, he's, he's caught up in the moment. He doesn't think through what actually is needed. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus talks about, you know, this uh, as an aside when he's talking about what builder uh, does not budget out what he needs first, ensure that he has the, the funds sufficient for his project mm-hmm. before beginning. Now, both of these are, are predicaments that in a, in part result from not knowing what money is for mm-hmm. whereas liberality is is knowing what the proper use of money is and even even beyond that the liberal man saint thomas aquinas says mm-hmm. will spend more on others than he will himself mm-hmm. which is a huge statement if you think about it i mean yeah. it's it's hard to do in our modern society i think we've created such a tough system for people to live in uh, where everything is for sale and thus you need money for everything mm-hmm. and you, it's hard to live on goodwill uh, of others uh, but it's also a huge call mm-hmm. it really does get us to the point of loving neighbor as ourself mm-hmm. if we start to spend as much on our neighbor as we do ourselves yeah to, to be a, a liberal person again obviously i mean people have picked it up at this point but obviously when we say liberal here we're making it's not that term is not is a political term in modern. We're talking about something very different here. Liberality as yep. this quality of soul. Um, this is a person, yeah, who's able to give freely. They don't have mm-hmm. a, a disordered attachment to their money or their or the pleasures the money can buy them, so that they can have this this this. Well, uh, one thing that you guys talked about in your podcast a lot is is the image of God that you're giving by the way that you relate to your money. Yeah, this is particularly attached to the virtue of beneficence, mm. actually. So. Beneficence is a manifestation of charity, mm-hmm. most properly so yeah. speaking. Uh, and all it means in Latin is to do well, to do to do well. Now, this might seem kind of strange as as as, as a manifestation of of charity mm-hmm. as as a form of virtue. But uh, but what's really important is to see what vice does it oppose, and that vice that it opposes is scandal, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, which occurs when somebody tells somebody through their actions something false about God. Mm-hmm. So this happens when you find a priest in, uh, who, who, you know, does something evil, uh, you know, abuses somebody, steals money from from the coffers. Uh, you at that moment have a false perception of what the church is. It's being good, generous, loving, nurturing. Um, 
And as a result, you have a false image of God. Mm-hmm. That is the vice that opposes beneficence. Mm-hmm. And so, so then you can say, well, if, if, benefic- if, if scandal is telling you something false about God, then beneficence is, is a way of acting that tells you something true about God. Right. Um, and, and God is that good, loving Father that knows how to give good gifts. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what beneficence is all about. And so there's a kind of a, a rule that goes along with this is that you should always use money not to be an idol, a fake image of God, mm-hmm. which will scandalize people ultimately, mm-hmm. but a true icon of God, somebody that is imaging God's goodness. Yeah. It seems like the, the beneficence is a virtue. This And, it, and put as simply as possible, beneficence is like, you are to do good yeah, versus sure. just because yeah. you, you guys talked a lot about uh, in a couple of podcasts about uh, um, it's not enough just to not do evil. Yeah. You know, that's a really important concept for the Christian life that sometimes we can't, especially if we're, we're wrestling with sins or some difficult area in our life, we can get too focused on, well, just not doing evil. Mm-hmm. And that's not enough. And in fact, that ends up sort of short circuiting itself rather than focusing on we're as called as Christians to bear good fruit connected yeah. to the vine. It all comes from Christ, yeah. but we're called to bear good fruit. Um, and so it seems like beneficence is connected to what we were talking about earlier in the sense that there's, there aren't neutral areas of our life that are sort of yeah. outside of right. our life in Christ. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and this is, this is tough to handle the more that we get into uh, the, like modern understanding of politics and, and yeah, such. Yeah. Maybe it's something worth avoiding, but but the stick in terms of conversation on money, mm-hmm. I can get real con- controversial <laughs> all of a sudden, but I, I, I hope it's helpful. Yeah. Um, if we are always doing something that looks like what a good, happy, and kind atheist is doing, mm-hmm then there might be something that we have to stop and reconsider about our lives. Mm -hmm. That Christ's call is so profoundly radical that just being kind and nice is not not what he's calling us to. Mm -hmm. And those should be telltale signs that we're on a path that might not be right. Mm -hmm. So one of those things that that we've proposed in the podcast, and and these arguments build up, Mm -hmm. um, is... uh, is questioning the idea of retirement uh, and stockpiling a huge wad of cash for that time. And people do justify it in, in ways that sound virtuous. I, I don't want to be a burden on my kids. Mm-hmm. But one of the principles of money that's so important, I hope, I hope people take some, some time to consider it, is that money only takes a place for where love lacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, to put, to give a, a quick example, if, you don't have the confidence to, you can either call your friend to help you move your refrigerator down the stairs, or you could pay somebody to do it. Mm. It shows a great dichotomy right there. The same is true when it comes to retirement. Retirement and saving for retirement, having a, a way of, of paying for yourself through through retirement on your own mm-hmm. was something that disappeared when Christianity converted the culture in the mm. Middle Ages. And it only reappeared once Christianity fell during the Enlightenment and Bismarck's Germany it really resurrected. This is one of these places where we can start to rethink uh, how, what Christ is calling us to. Is, is it the case that we need to stockpile cash? Mm-hmm. Or can we actually rely on love? Is it virtuous to rely on other people's love, to assume somebody else's love? Mm-hmm. 
And, and I think the answer is a resounding yes, yeah. that, that that is exactly what we're supposed to do, is that we're supposed to live in, lean into love. We raise our children up when they are hopeless without us. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a great act of, um, you know, of, of um, altruism as, as the modern society thinks of it to do that. That's what we're profoundly called to do. It'd be mm-hmm. evil of us not to. It's virtuous, mm-hmm. virtuous of us to do so. There's no neutral here, as you're, mm-hmm. you're just saying. But we have to do it. And, and in a similar manner, it is good for the children mm-hmm. to be able to take care of their pil- their parents in their old age. And it's good in, 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 in a proper dose of humility for the parents to have somebody who... They, whose diapers they've changed now change their own in their in the end of life. Now I'm jumping over quite a quite a few important points in all of this, but I, but these are some of the things that we need to yeah. stop and think about and say, am I doing this just because our culture is doing it? Am mm-hmm. I stuck in the Stockholm system uh, where I'm justifying it uh, to myself that this is right and just, or or is this actually something that is? Uh, that was only introduced to the world by Christ. Yeah. These are the questions we have to constantly be asking ourselves. You know, I had a conversation with Father Peter the other day, a recent episode. We were talking about um, we were talking about the Sabbath, and we were mm-hmm. talking about leisure and vacations. Oh yeah, and I think we might have talked about retirement a little bit, but these different uh, parts of life where the temptation is, you know, again this compartmentalization mm-hmm, that okay, mm-hmm. I have the time when I'm on, when I'm working, when I'm being prudent, when I'm being virtuous, yeah, and then I have the my time. And I, can, <laughs> and I can I can drop that and take a break from that. And in some sense, I mean, that's often how we treat Sundays. That's mm-hmm. often how we treat the Sabbath day. Yeah, it's often how right. we treat vacations. I think that's probably in the negative sense how we think of retirement. It's I can get to this place where I don't have to work hard at life anymore and try to be a saint, you know. And not everybody certainly doesn't think that, but. Um, the Sabbath is this great. Um, it's this great teaching from our Lord, right? Because we, He insists that we, whatever you, wherever you are in your life now, whatever you think about your money or your time, or your work, you can work for six days, but then you shall lay it down. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I could do more. I could do more good. Well, no, no, you are to lay it down because you need to have a different relationship to your time yeah. and your money and your work. And it, it seems like it's connected to like a tithe too, like. The tithe isn't the end all be all in money, but it is to say, like in a, in a, this definite way, God has to say, you can't. Your your money is your money can't be this way that you are constructing your own human security, because if you're looking at it the purely human level, they, why wouldn't I use that extra ten percent to just make sure that you know I got more in the emergency fund? Well, God right. is saying that in a, in at least in one small step, you have to begin down this path where. No, um, you you are relying on God. Mm-hmm. You're you're living. You're looking at your money and, and the world differently, so that you can do something different with your money. You can have a different sort of relationship with it. Yeah, exactly. Christ talks about this in in Luke twelve. Mm-hmm. I think when he's saying, uh, "Do not be anxious." Mm-hmm. This is a whole you know look at the flowers, the lilies yeah. of the field yeah. uh, passage, and and he says, "Don't do not be anxious." For that is the way of the nations, which, of course, in, in the sacred scriptures, nations are, you know, the ones that you don't want to be like. You mm-hmm. know, this the nations are the ones that Israel are supposed to convert. Yeah. Anxiety is the way of the nations mm-hmm. to, to be caught up in, in the systems that they create, mm-hmm. too. I mean, this is, again, attached to a theology of the nations mm-hmm. all throughout the scriptures. 
is that those those systems are not the things that we are to rely on for real security. Mm-hmm. It's God. And, and it sounds trite, but it is so profoundly real when we when we do consider our finances and the anxiety that that often brings. Yeah. Um, and that just like any sacrifice that we, we make, mm-hmm. we make in order to show God, we're willing to relinquish everything that we might have only you. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's where the tithe begins yeah. and why it needs to be a real 10%. Not, you know, I'm going to you know, spend you know, this money on my kids' education mm-hmm. uh, or, or save for retirement so I'm not a burden on them later. No, 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 no. You really need to completely rel- relinquish that, that right. money, like not have it, separate yourself yeah, from it, separation. sink it. Yeah. It's got to be real sacrifice, it right? Does. Like, you know, you know who your God is. But if you look at your life and you and you figure out, well, what do I actually sacrifice to? Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's ways that we can relate to our money as Christians w- without knowing it. If we look back, we recognize that I don't actually sacrifice to God. Talk about sacrifice and, and, and money. Sure. Yeah. Sacrifice is tough. So maybe an important place. Well, no. We'll start with the first things first. Sacrifice <laughs> is ultimately... Uh, an offering to God. Mm-hmm. But if we notice in in the Mass, mm-hmm. what are we sacrificing? Well, we're sacrificing Christ. Mm-hmm. We're offering God to God. Mm-hmm. That's the best we have to offer him. Yeah. We must offer him the, the greatest. But it's offering uh, my sacrifice and yours, which is something profound mm-hmm. and I think is illuminated at the moment when uh, when the altar server comes over with a thurible and he comes and he incenses us. Yeah. What did the incense? What did what did what did he incense prior to that? Well, the offering, mm-hmm. the the host that was about to be given to God. Why is it now coming to us? Because we're supposed to be entering into that same offering. Uh, Saint Thomas talks about this when when discussing the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, that it is only efficacious because we have entered into it fully because we've been incorporated into him, which is, of course, why we have to consume the host, you know, enter his body as his body enters us. So, so sacrifice is something that, something that is supposed to be totalizing, that is supposed to be us uniting with God, saying no to everything else, that we might be all for him. Right. When you look at the Old Testament sacrifices, you find that there is that separation from all worldly goods mm-hmm. that is that is um, not accepted in and of itself, but a con- but only with a contrite spirit, as as the Psalms, Habakkuk, right. Isaiah constantly says. Now, one of the signs by which we can see whether or not there is a contrite spirit is whether or not that sacrifice is something that we have truly valued. Is it something that is going to, that we have part of our soul tied up in? Yeah. You know, can we can we sacrifice it? Is it part of our life, our livelihood, mm-hmm. that we might cut it cut it or put it aside so that we might be more fully reliant on God? And it's such an opportunity when we find that it is like when you yes. when you stumble so upon exciting. some area of your life and you realize, and you 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 discover viscerally, oh, I'm attached to this thing. Yeah. Well, that is this. I mean, this is amazing opportunity to say, "Okay, Lord, 
Because when you give it over to God, you don't know what he's going to do with it. I mean, that's, I think, one of the things with that, that parable or the, no, the, the rich young ruler. Mm. Again, we often dismiss that because, well, that can't possibly be us. Well, it right. could, but the, the, the bigger point is that, no, you give your life over to Christ and then you're open to whatever he calls you to do with it. Yeah. It may be, to, yeah, sell it all and follow him on foot or barefoot yeah. on the road, whatever. <laughs> but it, it, it probably in your vocation is something very different. It's probably something very creative. Mm. But the point is, is there still has to be that, that separation, that sacrifice whereby you, you, you put your money where your mouth is mm-hmm. and saying, I, yeah, I believe God is Lord. But I'm actually yeah. going to have some separation from this. Uh, to, to, uh, I'm going to I'm going to give myself some freedom from this thing. I'm really going to give it over, and then yeah. be open to God to lead me to do something really creative with it. Yeah, and it's not just a negative too. I, yeah. I mean, obviously, what you're saying is yeah. an opportunity for for greater intimacy. Yeah. But I don't mean. But I mean now negative in the sense of, oh, I really got to get rid of that. Right. Because when in the case of money, if if it is money that you're attached to, mm. well, awesome. Now you got to lump some to be a benefactor for <laughs> yeah. something. Like yeah. this is really exciting. Yeah. You know what is what is your church need? New stained glass. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. You can give that gift. Mm. You know what is it? What is what is your you know parish hall need? A new icon. Great. You can give that gift. I mean, you, and this is also where the creativity of the virtues come in. Is where you have to figure out yeah. how they use that money really well. But it's it's an opportunity, as as you say, something where you can come to that greater intimacy with God. But the sacrifice is not just, I got to get rid of this real quick. Yeah. It, it can really be something exciting. It seems like time and money are really connected because it's like you have a similar relationship with time where it's like yeah. we can see it just as the, the negative in the sense of, oh, I found more time and now I have to fill it with more obligations versus no, like this is something that's entrusted to me, yeah. but I, I have to do some good with it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's not a negative thing. That's a positive, exciting thing. God's yeah. given me time. How can I creatively do something awesome with this time? Yeah. So too with my money. If I've been, if I, whatever I've been gifted with, my health, my money, you know, whatever has come to me, uh, it again, I think we dismiss the, some of the challenges of the gospel too quickly because we we look at the very practical practicality and we say that that can't be me. So therefore, there's nothing to learn here. Right. No, but it, the radicality is what we learn. We turn it all over to God. But then again, it's that that, that creative. Um, walking with God to see, well, yeah, what he might be calling me to do with my time and my talents and my money. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah it's yeah. going to look very different from me than from my brother or my, my friend. Yep. Know? Yeah, sure will. Sure will. But that's, uh, and part of this, you know, you, the rich young ruler is a really important one because, uh, as you mentioned, that's just impossible. Clearly, that has to be hyperbole, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. But it's not, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's clearly not in the, in the sense that how many people is Christ calling to to the monastery? Mm-hmm. You know, how many young women is he calling to the convent? Th- you know, there are um, real oaths that people are taking, mm-hmm. vows to poverty, um, where they're not going to own things themselves anymore. And so in some cases, that is needed for other people. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in a different vocation, if you're, you know, if you're a layman. Um, Family man. Yeah. Well, that's not you, yeah. but you are still called to that same detachment of money. That same radicality. Yep, yeah. absolutely. And and so, you know, your brother's going to look differently than you, absolutely. Yeah. But it's 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 based within the larger vocation. And then under your vocation, your apostolate. You know, what are you what are you particularly called to within the vocation that you, that you are living? Yeah, and this is I think it's so empowering, uh, especially to. To those of us who you know feel like we're in maybe a family vocation and we have busy lives, 
And there's a part of us sometimes that feels like I need to do more and it must be out there somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, again, I think the virtues help us to, to turn back around and say, no, 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 no. Everything, like I've been given so much and how much of it have I not really consciously turned over to God and, and you know, laid at his feet and said, no, w- with this time, with this money, with these opportunities that I already have, the relationships I already have, yeah. how can I do, how can I grow more? How can I invite God more into these things? You know, for the family, again, a family man reading that that uh, that gospel passage, it's like I'm already. How could I lay down all this stuff? <laughs> well, yeah, in, in in many ways, we already we we have in lots of ways for mm-hmm. our family, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there, are, we can do it more intentionally. We can do it more courageously. There are areas, and there, we all have areas of our life where we haven't allowed that grace in. We haven't mm-hmm. allowed that light in. Um, yeah, and sometimes you know, sometimes life. Uh, God uses life to, to to show us that you know from time to time in shocking ways. But. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's an, another parable coming to mind here of of not the rich young ruler, but also but the rich fool. Mm. You know, the one who has a has a bump a bumper crop, and he says, you know, what am I going to do with all of this? Well, I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Mm-hmm. And that's that's somebody that doesn't know what money is for, that has a general savings account, mm-hmm. um, and which I think is properly distinguished from an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Um, but within the the general savings, it's well, you really got to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're thwarting, you're you're handing over, you're sending the 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 divine mark mm-hmm. that you've been created with, and also f- to fulfill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, it's, you know, you fool is how the parable ends. Your life will, is demanded of you this night. Um, really knowing what state, what we need to live and, and live well. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what we really need for our kids that they might be flourishing. That, that is, that's an important thing to know. Mm-hmm. So that once you have more, you can say, well, this is, this is an extra gift that I can use to bless others with. Yeah. Um, because there's this, this, you know, the principle of the universal destination of all earthly goods, that when God created the world, he created it as a gift and gave it not just to some of us, but to all of us. Yeah. And so to be, to hold something back when another needs it um, or could use it to benefit others, that's that's against you know primal justice mm-hmm. you know the primary justice that, that God uh, endowed the world with. Yeah. So, so a, a couple of the virtues that we mentioned mm-hmm. already so far. So beneficence, again, this um, do do goodingness. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you, you are to do good. I mean, yeah. again, that that seems to be connected with the whole virtue anyway. And this cultivating a way of of proceeding through life where we recognize again, there's no neutral territory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, we're called to bear fruit. Yep. Uh, it's not a, not enough just not to sin, to <laughs> not be a bad person. I need to I need to do good. And so, looking at areas of my life, okay, where where's an area that I haven't brought in and and really invited the Lord to show me the creative way I can I can bear fruit in this area? Yep. Again, yep. always relying on Christ's grace and liberality. You know, you know, cultivating liberality. This this knowing what money's for. This habit of giving. You know, I think that that's an important thing. You guys mentioned at one point. Um, sometimes we get this idea that okay, well, I'm gonna I got to be really careful now so that I can give later. Yeah. But I know, but but yeah. I precisely yeah. I'm either cultivating the habit of relying on myself and building my kind of my my human safety net or mm-hmm. I'm I'm building the habit of relying on God. Yep. And and giving the right image of God by giving 
generously or, or to people around me. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're either you're cultivating one of those two things in the way that you live. And it's, and so in terms of that virtue, it seems like that's a really practical one. We can see, like, oh, the way that I, I re- like every monetary transaction, every 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 way I relate to my money, I'm cultivating one of those directions. Right. You're doing that no matter what you what you do. Yeah. Every action you do is, is starting to form a habit of some yeah. sort of, or another, or or some habitus, yeah. some disposition yeah. to of one one way of acting, behaving, rather than another. Mm-hmm. And and you know, uh, Dave Ramsey is the guy that we kind of rag on a little bit. Yeah, rag on a little <laughs> bit, and and he's done so much good. So yeah. you know, I, I, I so it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but yeah. but I do think he falls into a big error on this one, mm-hmm. where he says, you know, live like nobody else now meaning don't spend right. so you can live like nobody else later which is you know party in hawaii and 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 i just don't even think that the person will be able to enjoy that hawaiian vacation at that point because mm-hmm. you are what you habitually do but you also whatever you habitually do is really what you like mm-hmm. and uh and so you're not going to be able to settle uh, or to to happily vacation well if you're mm-hmm. constantly working constantly worrying about money you might have all you need, but in Hawaii, you're going to be, you know, counting all, all the transactions and looking at all the receipts and yeah. kind of feeling anxious about it because you haven't even habituated yourself to spending well. And so, and, and, and that's, um, and of course, like that rich fool, it's like, you never know when it's going to, when, you know, what the future actually is. Money is um, a little bit scary in the sense that it feels like you can control the future mm-hmm. with it. But but obviously that you can't. So. I, I, one of the reasons I love you, I've loved you guys' discussion so much is that, I mean, so we, we can take the kind of the virtue framework and then go look at areas of our life, money being one of them. But I, I, money is, a, is such a powerful, challenging example to help us really see the difference that virtue makes yeah. in the sense of, again, as you were talking right there, recognizing that it, it's easy to think of our lives in terms of okay, a bunch of difficult actions so I can kind of get over the hump yep. and then relax um, and so either accepting that and kind of drudging through it or, or just resisting it because it sounds too hard versus seeing, no, what I want to do is cooperate with Christ to transform me into someone like him, mm-hmm. you know, some, a very yeah. different kind of person who, yeah. who thinks and feels about these things very differently. Yeah. And so, again, with that in mind, recognizing that, yeah, there's no, you can't really do this thing where like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna live one way now and then live differently later. No, I have to because this might be my last day. Yeah, I have to live now the way I I could see myself. I, I would desire myself to live for the rest of my life, however long that is. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah, I'm always forming a habit. Like that's such an important thing. Mm-hmm. You know the way I pray, the way I go about my life, the way I think about my money. Um, Again, I, I like to think, try, always try to put it back in the language of opportunity. Like there's such an opportunity every mm-hmm, day. Mm-hmm. You know, all those little decisions that are that we're either saying yes and cooperating with Christ's grace or we're not. Yeah, and it's, it's the journey of doing that, whether, yeah, moving in that direction or not. Well, the, um, what was I going to say? Uh, the, uh, the language of almsgiving, I think, is, is one of these, uh, I think, clarifying moments too because... Yeah. What is it that we're trying to do every every day? And it's what Christ. Hopefully, it's it's what Christ tells us: like store up treasure in heaven, um, where there. And that might be. I mean, yeah. talk about that a little bit because with this audience in mind, we probably have people from some Christian backgrounds for whom yeah, yeah, any, yeah, yeah. any language of merit or treasure in heaven. <laughs> some of this stuff is a little weird. But, yeah, it yeah. is. And be honest, I. Well, let me ask you a question first because um, I, I just don't. 
I wasn't a Protestant long enough, I yeah. suppose, and I just, I, I heard a quite neither, a, neither was I, I was five. Yeah, was right, yeah. But I've been around, <laughs> ask a question. No, 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 no. yeah. <laughs> so, so I understand why they hesitate with language of merit from within their theological understanding, but what do, what do they commonly do with the language of uh, storing up treasure in heaven that is obviously right from Jesus' own mouth? I cannot answer that question. For okay. You. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, I yeah. thought I'd just ask anyway. We're, yeah. we're on the topic. Wait, if you if you're listening, you give it, give us some thoughts about that. Yeah. Maybe no, we'd give you a follow yeah. up if you. Know. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that just if anybody is wondering, kind of yeah. on, a, on a Catholic understanding sure. of merit and, and such, it goes back to that conversation of, of sacrifice. Yeah. That it's not that Christ took our place and we swapped spots. Right. You know, we got his report card, as it were. Mm-hmm. That's not Catholic theology. That was something that was invented uh, in the 16th century. Um, j- I just say that as a historical right. um, point. Yeah. Uh, instead, we enter into him. Yeah. So if we are entering into him and, tr- and living with him, then our actions are only fueled with him, with yeah. his grace. And so in, in a particular sense, I act as Christ acts in me. Mm-hmm. And as a result, my actions are Christ and his actions are meritorious. And thus my actions can be in a small sense yeah. meritorious because they're connected with Christ. Right. That's the distinction. I mean, this, so the, yeah. the works righteousness type of accusation made towards Catholics. You know, the, yeah, this is all grace. Mm-hmm. I can do nothing of my own. But it, but yeah. again, it's it's about the incarnation. It's about Christ's death and resurrection. Like, what was he? He gives us his body. He incorporates us into him. But we're able, and we're invited to. Uh, we're invited to un- be united with that sacrifice to yeah. participate with Christ to walk with Christ. He says you have to you have to lay down, you know, um, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Like mm-hmm. we're invited to to carry the cross with him. We mm-hmm. couldn't do it on our own, but with him, yes. Suddenly our our actions do have great power, and it's not because of us; it's because of him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well said. So al- alms giving is really the uh, another manifestation of charity within mm-hmm. within virtue theory. Mm-hmm. In which we are trying to do just that. Yeah. Uh, to jump back to also the conversation. So there's two things that are happening yeah. here. Yeah. One, there's that conversation of sacrifice. The other is that conversation of the universal destination of all earthly goods. Yeah. And, the, and the Catholic tradition, by and large, understands uh, all exchanges made to be for the sake of relieving somebody's state in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if I'm going to the store and, and buying a Coke of sorts, mm-hmm. there is an exchange made, but it's not a proper reimbursement. That's mm-hmm. just not re- even like physically possible. Mm-hmm. You, there's not a proper replacement for what you've taken. There's one gift given and another received. Right. But but there's a scale that the church understands from that transaction where you're buying a Coke mm-hmm. all the way to the point where you're just freely giving. Why? Because you're relieving your brother's state in a, in a certain regard. One almost sounds trivial next to the other, but they are on the same scale. And, and it's true that one is next to the other, but they are on the same scale. Mm-hmm. So, so almsgiving is, is this way in which we start to store up treasure in heaven. Again, another illuminating distinction is, is contrasting almsgiving with its opposing vice, which is envy. And this is a fascinating point. Yeah, yeah. And so envy 
is, you know, is, is a confusing vice in, in a certain way, but it is the vice of Cain, yeah. you know, where he hated his brother Abel. No, he wasn't, he didn't just want to uh, have the things of Abel. Mm. He wanted to be Abel, but he hated Abel. He, like yeah. the fact that Abel existed as somebody that was better than him yeah. was, was unacceptable, was, was unbearable, truly unbearable to Cain. So he eliminated his life. There was this rivalry of, 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 the, of, of life mm. itself there. Now, that often happens when you see somebody who uh, has the things that you want, or is living the life that you, that you want, this, this like almost metaphysical desire to be somebody else mm -hmm. uh, overtakes us. Almsgiving gets in front of that, where the wealthier person comes and says, what, what I have is yours. We, we can be part of the same life. Mm -hmm. Whose life? Christ's life. Mm -hmm. We can both enter into the same sacrifice. And this is a way that I can lift you up. Now, as, as that rich person gives the poor person money, he is not only uh, en enabling that person to be able to live better and also able to cut the, the vice of, of envy or pro hopefully get it in front of that before it overtakes the poor person. Mm. But he's also storing up merit and treasure by acting as Christ did, deigning to come down so that we might be lifted up. Yeah. The um, yeah, and envy, I've often heard described as sadness and other spiritual good. And so uh, I, like, yes, I exactly. like the language of yeah. kind of getting out in front of that and saying, no, I want to, in this proactive way, I want to... Um, rejoice in another spiritual good. In fact, I want to contribute yeah. to that. I want to be. I want to yeah. walk right with Christ and build up that person in this in this definitive way. Um, you know, one of the things that you're making me think about, and um, is how again we we tend to think of money as this generally this area of life that's generally neutral, mm -hmm. it, except in these these instances where we we step outside of it to give a gift or to be generous or to tithe or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And what you're kind of suggesting is we turn that on our head that no, no, again, there's no neutral territory here. Yeah. And all of all of what we do with, with money should be gift giving in a sense. It's all to be, you, anytime you're using money, you're to be doing good with it. Yeah. It's just that sometimes, you know, we're doing it in this, in this sort of ordered societal way of exchange of goods and things mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. But even then we're trying to not lose sight of the fact that it all should be the, this underlying gift economy underneath of it, yeah. this primordial gift economy. Talk, talk about the gift economy. That, that That's a piece of this that's so, uh, how that is, that's where the economy starts, right? In, in, the, in the family, the gift economy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, it's just such an overwhelming topic because again, it comes back to, to God in his, in his loving relationship with, with himself, the three persons of the Trinity giving and receiving mm -hmm. eternally forever mm -hmm. there's no transactions that are happening <laughs> in in the godhead there's only constant gift yeah. now saint thomas talks about the being of god as being subsisting in itself whereas the being of the any being of wood of, of ourselves we subsist because god allows us because mm -hmm. we subsist in in and through him mm -hmm. but a really important part of all of this is that we is is then that God shares His being with us? Mm -hmm. No, there's some heresies that have come from from phrasing it this way. Yeah. Um, 
and and that's understanding that our very being, our very essence, is God's essence, and that's not true. Um, that's been con- properly condemned by the church. But the fact that God is sharing, uh, that is that is offering being mm-hmm. to us, means that He has gifted existence to us. Mm-hmm. That it it, it start, I mean, and it kind of sounds like a basic point. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, this was it's like creation was totally free. It's a free gift from God to us, making us was, was freely a free gift. Mm-hmm. Now, if we are to image the Godhead, then a pro, like in heaven and, and even you know here as we try and bring the heavenly Jerusalem down, we're going to enter into that life of gift giving, of that giving and receiving to one another, mm-hmm. seeing seeing somebody's needs and being being able to uh, be there for the other. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, we obviously do this in the family all the right. time. Uh, you know, my wife doesn't pay me to, to fix the sink. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't pay her to make dinner, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or vice versa or whatever else. She's pretty handy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's there's just this constant giving to one another where you uh, presume in a, in, a, in a rightful sense mm-hmm. that you're going to have that future relationship with the other, mm-hmm. uh, where you can depend upon love mm-hmm. instead of on money. Mm-hmm. Um, now, importantly in this is the fact that uh, you will rejoice with once the other receives the gift. Uh, because in, in a real sense that you're sharing life with them. Mm-hmm. So their happiness becomes your own. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody might object and say, well, hey, if, if you know that they're going to do something back, you know, if you've given them something, then they're going to give you something. You know that that's just going to happen. How is that so much different than reimbursement? Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a, a really important uh, question mm-hmm. that a lot of people have shied away from. So I'm going to try not to. Uh, and, uh, and I think the answer is this, is that with, when you give a gift, you are creating a relation with the other. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have a relation, when you've created that, this potential, it's, it's almost like an avenue. It's like a highway that you can then drive to one another's houses on. It would be in a profound sense, unfitting for the person not to walk past, walk back on that path to your house. Mm. That that what you have given through uh, through the gift itself yeah. enables for relation to occur, mm-hmm. but it's not exactitude, mm-hmm. and it's not demanded that there be a particular uh, a, a particular thing given back. Mm-hmm. It is just the way that you participate in one another's lives. Mm-hmm. It becomes mediation for love yeah. um, in a proper and a good sense. And the gift, almost in a sacramental way, signifies uh, what, it, what it reveals, which is the love of the other. Right. Whereas with reimbursement, there's no understanding at all of a future relation of love. Mm-hmm. There is this understanding, whether, you know, I give you the mug, mm-hmm. you give me, you know, mm-hmm. 20 bucks. We, you, right there, we have given two gifts to one another, mm. but we've also presumed that the relationship is over at that point, yeah. um, and we, which is which is which is devastating, which is like profoundly devastating actually. Um, when whenever it happens, 
and it happens all the time and it's not it doesn't mean that we're, we're we shouldn't use money or we should get rid of it um, right off the bat but it is the reason why saint thomas says that the love of money is not just an inordinate or inordinate desire for it like mm-hmm. the covetous person has it's actually just using it regularly itself he says yeah which is really really kind of scary and also you know the reason why we won't have yeah. money in heaven and again the, the you know the, the connections uh, here between yeah the money and time and other aspects of our life mm-hmm, where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again through this lens of virtue just recognizing again we can get in these patterns of just going through the motions you know even our prayer even our our, our, our interactions with with our spouse or our children where we can go through these motions rather than again in prudence turning back to the reality and making these intentional yeah. you know, anytime i even when i'm spending money I have to not forget the fact that these are this is a mutual gift giving. Yeah. You know, and like that that's the reality, you yep. know, and I can't lose that in the regularity of my economic life. Um in fact I I need to do things like tithe, like give good gifts to keep myself tethered to that reality. Yes. That I, I came from gift, I received gift. And even in this time in life where I can contribute and and there's these interactions, it's still the gift giving as in, in the image of God that that shows us is still the underlying reality. The monetary exchanges, again, like we, we need them. Uh, I think I would even go so far as to say it's necessary, mm-hmm. like blood is for the body. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll justify that, you know, maybe, maybe some other point in the future, but... Uh, b- so I don't want to be too seem too overly critical on it, but the monetary economy only exists uh, as insofar as it leeches on that gift economy. Mm-hmm. We have to realize that that everything is y- unique in and of itself. It's unrepeatable. Mm-hmm. People trying and create commodities that look w- like one thing right after another, where you can't tell the difference between the two, mm-hmm. but still in that place at that time, mm-hmm. it's unrepeatable. It is in that moment. No moment is able to be repeated, and 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 so is a thing itself. Yeah. And that's that's really important. I hope I hope that's um, people spend the time to to reflect on it. It's tough. I wish also I had better words to describe it. <laughs> um, but um, but the uniqueness and the offering of that unique thing is 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 part of the thing that defines gift. Mm. Yeah, we we often talk about how we we live in a consumerist, materialist culture, and we can sometimes interpret that to mean like we love stuff too much. And in in one way, we don't cherish things enough. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. like the the, the the consumerism, the, the use, the the consuming and discarding mm-hmm. is very different from cherishing yes. everything yeah. as a gift and then interacting with others with that reality in mind. Um, yeah, no, perfectly said. I have nothing else to add. You just said that perfectly. <laughs> I completely agree. And, and it's part of the reason why we, we probably should just buy better things, you know, also when, when we do that. And, well, again, looking, yeah. at, looking at those things as opportunities. And, and yeah. Whatever I'm do, doing is this opportunity to put on Christ in a more intentional way in virtue. And so whenever I'm spending money, like looking for ways I can more creatively do more good with that. Mm-hmm. The example I always think of is like, you know, so you're going to be over at St. Rose uh, tomorrow night yeah, talking yeah. about some of this stuff uh, here in here in Perrysburg, Ohio. Whenever we have church events, I, sometimes you go to church events. I'm not saying this happens at St. Rose, but at certain <laughs> church events you go to, and where are the donuts from? Where's the coffee? It's from. It's all stuff from Gordon Food Services. It's, it's the cheapest, bulkiest, and it tastes terrible that you can possibly get. And I'm always thinking, like, you know, we could have taken that money 
And like we have a dozen local, locally owned coffee roasters around here, like mm. good, real flesh and blood people. You can go and look them in the eye and give them money for something that they've, they've cherished and yep. created. And you can then share that with like, it's, you can kill so many birds with one stone you know? <laughs> <laughs> by being a little bit more creative. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's not, it's not in, in the end, yeah, it's a little less, less efficient. Yeah. But there's something much more important than the efficiency or strictly the monetary amount here. It's the opportunity to do something amazing, to practice virtue, to 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 creatively take what God's given you and and again, not just not do evil, but to do some good with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. I I think about this with candle with like church candles from time to time. We should just be burning more church candles generally, I think. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, that could be uh, just uh, uh, you know, take care of of a family. Yeah. You know, if you had really beautiful, high quality candles. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know the you know uh, certain of these candles just burn longer than others. Like the the nicer beeswax stuff mm-hmm. really does well. And um, I'm sure they have some synthetic thing that never burns out these days too. <laughs> but uh, but that could that could be an entire family salary almost mm-hmm. uh, if you if they take care of all the all the churches and. Uh, and, and just one diocese right. instead of just buying bulk from, you know, China or Taiwan or whatever. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, there's there's certain ways where we can bring back craftsmanship with this, too. I mean, I think it goes along with the point that we were discussing earlier that money takes a place for love lacks. Yeah. Is that part of the way that we can overcome that is by be- by cultivating skills of our own that then we're able to share with people. Um, if I, if I'm a better woodworker, then I can, uh, you know, help Joe make his, his bookshelves in his house, you know, and he was not going to have to pay, you know, and we're not trying to take away business from anybody here. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to say that our, our, our economy is so overly saturated with money or everything's for sale all the time mm-hmm. that we have to we have to sequester the market in just one aspect of the society instead of letting it all out everywhere and, and let love govern the rest. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to encourage people to, um, I mean, we've just scratched the surface on a bunch of little things here in terms of money and economics and stuff like that. I encourage them to check out newpolity.com and the magazine, your guys' podcast. Uh, but I guess to, to kind of close it, again, just kind of bring it back to the practical level. Um, again, whether we're talking about the journey to the Catholic Church, as many yeah. of our members are on, or whether we're talking about, you know, recognizing the opportunities that these that the virtues describe yeah. and the distance we are between, you know, what the ideal they're describing and where we are now. You know, again, part of the virtuous life, too, is, is and this is, I think, a, a big piece of prudence, is recognizing that, okay, like, again, I can't give way to anxiety there. It, part of it is looking at okay, this day, you know, with that ideal in mind, how can I put on Christ a little more? So again, always yeah. keeping it in, in the language of opportunity and process and journey. I love that you do that. Yeah, I think that's beautiful, and it's just yeah. it's just right. Mm. It is right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, God, thank you so much, Jacob. Oh man, this is so fun. <laughs> Thanks for the time. Did I miss anything in terms of where they can find you? Anything else you want to add there? Nope, that's great. We have this. Uh, the The journal is really where. Well, there's, I'll, I'll just kind of sure. lay off something really, really brief. I think there's a lot of this is just forgotten stuff mm-hmm. um, that, that the church has just said before. Yeah. And we have to do a little bit of work of, of realizing, of just going through and digging through and finding it. Um, and But also, we can't just repeat a past era. Things have changed. Part of virtue is then creatively responding to where we are now. Yeah. And so this is, you know, really our attempt to, to tr- dig up what we have forgotten and, and to try and uh, properly and in a, in, a, in, a, in a rigorous intellectual way 
and an, and an authentic one and an honest one uh, to, to represent some of the, the teachings of the, of the church that we, again, truly might see Christ more clearly. Yeah. It's yeah. such a good discussion that you guys are facilitating. Like the whole the whole discussion, something that I think uh, so many uh, members of the Communal Network would appreciate. So, oh, appreciate it a lot. This is yeah, this is already a great start to a good weekend with you. Yeah, amen, amen. <laughs> awesome, marvelous. Thanks. Well, hello again, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jacob Imam on the virtues and money. Um, I certainly, again, really enjoyed uh, sitting down with Jacob. Really, really grateful for he and the, the New Polity guys for coming to visit us here in Perrysburg, Ohio, and for that conversation. Again, really challenging conversation. We've been talking about the virtues a lot here on Deep in Christ and the difference they make in the Christian life, how the virtues really are about putting on Christ. When we talk about this call to holiness, this call to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Well, how is our Heavenly Father perfect? We have the image in Jesus Christ, in his example, and in his qualities. And those qualities are virtues and the Beatitudes. We have, we've distilled those down into what, what those actually look like, those patterns of life, those ways of being, those ways of doing. Uh, and so we try to, we, we're putting on Christ when we practice these virtues. That's why they've been such an important part of Christian history, but one that we kind of have to dig out and really re- uh, discover in our day-to-day life. And we especially need to rediscover the virtues in those areas of our life that we would maybe rather consider to be neutral, neutral territory that our our religion, our faith in Christ doesn't really touch. And that's a little different for everybody. Everybody's got some some holdup, some area of their life where we'd rather keep God out. But going deep into Christ means we want him to go deep into us, into our lives, into especially those strongholds of our sin, those strongholds of our attachment where we're, we're holding on to some idol, something that's keeping us from true worship, true faith, hope, and love in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so if that's if that's money for you, hopefully this conversation was a little starter uh, on the subject, but uh, two additional steps. Certainly go over to newpolity.com and, and continue to follow that discussion with Jacob and, and Mark Barnes and the guys over there. Some great material. We will, I think next week, maybe Seth Payne and I will sit down here at the Coming Home Network and process through that a little bit, those virtues with relation to money, beneficence, liberality, and the rest. And so make sure to join us next week for that discussion. Once again, this is a product of the Coming Home Network International. We are a network of converts to Catholicism uh, who are helping each other try to continue to grow in our faith in Jesus Christ and helping others who are thinking about becoming Catholic. So if that's you, this is your network. And we're glad to have you here. So visit www.chnetwork.org. Be sure to subscribe to the newsletter and join our online community at community.chnetwork.org where you can follow along uh, with these shows, but also you know journey with uh, a, a network of people like you, people on the journey. So once again, thank you for listening and for watching. God bless you. Talk to you again next week. <laughs>